Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Jan. That's Chris. And welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And today we are speaking to a very special guest, Jenny Lyric. So if you're wondering who we are, Shan and I have a huge range of experience in the music industry from performing on stage and recording in the studio to working with artist management and record labels. So we analyze artists and their discographies from both the creative and business angles. And if you made it this far, please subscribe to our channel for more content and give us a like on this awesome video. <laughs> to give a very quick intro, Jenny Lyric started in a girl group called Coco Avenue. And originally, they were a group of six fans who periodically met to make K-pop covers. And the girls gained fame through YouTube. Uh, because the girls were in different parts of the United States, they ended up having to edit their videos and they gained notoriety. Eventually, five of the girls would make vocal covers in tandem with their dance covers, and they garnered attention from all over. Mm -hmm. Indeed, and the group's constant efforts led them to booking performances at K-Cons and other live events, where, fun fact, I met the original five members of said group. And eventually, the group refined itself into a formidable duo of Jenna Rogers, a.k.a. Jenna Rose, and... Jenny Johnson, a.k.a. Jenny Lyric, who is joining us today. And from 2015 and 2017, the pair were able to release their original songs, such as TTMU, which stands for Turn the Music Up, and Ote. And they got a chance to perform at festivals in the States and even perform in Korea. And... Most notably, Jenny actually had an opportunity to fly to Korea to work with K-pop producer Shin In-su on an English remake of his 90s track, Hum Cho Bogi, which was released through Warner Music Korea and published to One The K this year. Yes, that's awesome. So since 2017, Jenny has worked in a collective performance group called Nuna and still has been releasing bilingual music as a solo artist. So we are so excited to have Jenny Lyric here with us. Welcome to the CCTV Hi. crew. Thank you. <laughs> yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. How are you guys doing? Good. Very Again, good. just really tired. My voice <laughs> sounds crazy today, but you know, no, you look lovely. You got that you got that sultry sound going on right now. Thank you. I'm trying to give a little bit of Tony, you know, a little bit of brass. Yes. Try it. Try it. Thank you very much. So to get us started, we would love to know to people who don't know you, um, how did you get into K-pop and what are some artists that you like now and then like what happened? How did that all get started? Um, so I actually got into K-pop. Because I'm so sorry, my cat is making a little noise in the background. <laughs> um, I actually got into K-pop uh, through Wonder Girls. So back in like, what is it, 2009, I think, um, I was scrolling YouTube for, I was listening to like all these anime um, intros and exits and stuff. And then I saw Wonder Girls on the side and I was like, oh, what is this? And it was, um, it was Wonder Girls Nobody. So I clicked on it. And from there, I was like down the wormhole. I think, you know, the wormhole that everybody talks about with K-pop. So from there, it was like Shiny, Super Junior, Wonder, I mean, um, SNSD, et cetera. And then um, right now, I would say I'm... I'm a second gen fan at heart still. So um, like Taman, I love Taman still. Um, any Anytime Shiny, any member of Shiny comes out with anything, of course. Um, and also um, Hyorin. I really love Hyorin like from the beginning. Um, so when Summer or Summer came out with her and Tassam, I was like crying. Like it was just, it was amazing to me. And then um, I really like NCT right now. They never miss. 
ever. Ooh, okay. Yes. Yeah, NCT is amazing. Nice yes. fix here. Nice fix, for sure. <laughs> we are definitely second gen K-pop fans too. Shiny is my number one, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shiny. Yes. <laughs> Did you, hang on real quick, real quick. Did you like Key's Bad Love? I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Oh, get off but, this chat. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to take a little break so you could do that. That's going to be no the worries. next thing I do right after this. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go listen to it. <laughs> yes. Super yes. inspiring. So in addition to the second gen K-pop, what are some of your influences as an artist? Um, so as an artist, um, my influences are definitely like the old school um, R&B singers like Erica Badu. Um, Lauren Hill and right now some of my writing influences are like Snow Allegra um, now and um, there is one more that I'm always listening to oh Snead Harnett Snead Harnett is like really amazing to me too as well awesome Awesome. yes all three amazing amazing oh my goodness good taste go ahead thank you (laughs) (laughs) yes also I love your stage name of Jenny Lyric how did you come up with that um, so, okay, so it was kind of an old to Alicia Keys. Um, Alicia Keys was kind of the reason that I decided to become an artist. Her album was the first album I ever got, um, Songs in A Minor in 2001. And she was just so inspiring to me. So I wanted something that kind of stemmed from like, kind of sounded like Keys, but wasn't. So I came up with this, I was like 10 years old when I came up with Lyric and it just stuck. That is so cute. I love it. <laughs> no, seriously, that's awesome. I feel like uh, once you make your name, like it, it kind of not dictates your destiny, but that's the name that people hear for, mm-hmm. you know, that's your artistry. That's like what people think of, like, oh, lyric. Oh, oh, oh she got wordplay. Yeah. You know, they're thinking words. They're thinking emotion. So right. that's an awesome name to have. Um, you. Ha- have you ever thought about like changing your name ever? Yes. Oh. I've been, I've been constantly thinking like, is Jenny Lyric a little cheesy or corny? But um, so I was going to, I was going to change it to um, Jenny Kang, which is um, my husband's last name, but I decided not to, because I feel like I've already kind of made kind of something of myself with his name. So I want to stick to it. So people know, you know, who I am, people who've supported me in the past, you know? Right. Good decision. Nice decision. Yes, Jenny Lyric, not hyphen kind. No, no offense. No offense to hubby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, speaking of your career and, you know, starting out and making a name for yourself with the last name Lyric, um, you were at the forefront of Black women in K-pop. Like, let's be real here. I had never in my life seen Black <laughs> women do what Coco Avenue has done in the past. And even now, a lot of people are doing a lot of solo work, right? Mm. Um, but at the start, of your time in Coco Avenue, did you think that K-pop would be where it is right now? No, I did not. <laughs> but I'm so, so happy. I'm so, so like, I'm proud of K-pop because it's it's crazy. Because, you know, back in the day, people were like, what are you listening to K-pop for? Like, what was that? You, you're kind of a loser. Like, you know, people would put you yeah. down for listening to K-pop. But now all the DJs are playing K-pop. Like, you know, so I think it's just, it's so amazing where K-pop has come. Because I never, I never would have thought it would be here, especially like with BTS, you know, going to the the um, BMAs, the Grammys, all of this stuff. Like, I'm like, wow. So I'm, I'm excited for K-pop now. For sure. For yeah. sure. Is there any passion or any interest for you to continue trying to not infiltrate, but just to kind of get a little bit more integrated into like the Korean sound currently? Or do you think you rather stay stateside, but just and kind of like 
interpret Korean into your lyricism now? Do you want to stay here or do you think you want to try to infiltrate out there? What do you think you want to do? To be honest, I kind of want to do what I'm doing. Um, I really like that I have full control over my sound. Um, as far as like infiltrating, I would say I, w- I do want to write more. I do want to um, try to get placements for K-pop, which me and my husband, we do do on the side. Um, but as for my my sound, I just kind of like what I'm doing as now. Awesome. Awesome. And to follow that up, you started out in the beginning, like before people know what K-pop was and uh, had an idea of how things worked and how sometimes companies aren't the greatest with their artists. Um, I mean, you're a foreigner, you know, is there anything that you've noticed that is still kind of meh, any kind of insight behind the scenes? Because people think K-pop glitz, glam. Oh my gosh, I got a placement. But what goes into that? So um, I have a little story. I was working with this producer named so I flew to Korea. Um, I went to this studio. I believe it was called like U Studio. It's where like all the K-pop idols and stuff um, record. And it was the most difficult thing that I've ever done in my life. Um, I was in the studio crying. Um, it was, and you know, you watch all of these like K-pop shows. Um, these like, um, like, what's like Produce One 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 for example, and you see these people crying and breaking down and you're like girl it's okay but when I was in that like getting yelled at getting um told like no you need to do it like this like it's really it's difficult um it it really takes a toll on your self-esteem and I just just from that like couple of days working with him I was just like this is really hard like what these people are going through constantly um so that that's one thing I would say like and then wanted me to do a music video and his idea for the music video who told me he wants it to be very black so he wanted it to be um a bunch of like um graffiti in the background he wanted me to be kind of like gangster like thuggish so and you know a lot of k-pop groups they still do these things they have these um these tropes where it's um very culturally appropriating um you know black culture and during that, this little project, I, I really had an insight on, you know, how they kind of forced this stuff on you. If if my husband husband wasn't there to tell them like, hey, no, we're not we're not going to do it this way, you know, I, I think I would have been forced to have to go along with whatever he wanted. Wow, oh, wow, wow! Thank you for that. Yeah. Because again, a lot of people see the whole, oh my God, it's out, and they don't know what really goes. And, and on top of that, you are a grown woman, right? And at the time you were still a grown woman. You were like mm-hmm. a 16 year old, 19 year old impressionable exactly. young lady. So if you're saying that, then that's, that's, that's intense for sure. Yeah. So thank you. Shout out to hubby. Shout yeah, out to you. What would I have done? <laughs> wow. That's crazy. So, so how do you think, what do you think about the cultural appropriation now? Obviously it's become more and more of a, of a topic that fans yeah. have noticed and are talking about. Do you think it's, how do you think it's changed maybe in, in, the, in the, these few generations? And like, what do you think of it now? I don't think it's really changed. Um, yeah. You know, like, for example, Lisa, I, I love Lisa, but, you know, she's constantly coming out with the braids. Fans are constantly saying like, hey, this bothers us. Like, can you stop? And still, you know, her recent, her most recent release, she still, you know, donned their, the braids and everything. And she did apologize, which is great. But, you know, we're tired of hearing apologies. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I feel like they kind of they kind of do it and they're like we can just say sorry later if people have a problem with it and it just it's like it's been how many years why why isn't there a change yet why isn't there someone speaking up saying like hey we shouldn't do this you know mm-hmm. right uh, understandable understandable so for sure yeah it's a little frustrating and I can definitely understand like fans like especially black fans constantly having to deal with this and it's like it's like this line of how can I be a fan of them still but then see them constantly misrepresenting my culture mm-hmm. yeah yeah I was actually going to ask you like how do you kind of uh, I guess is it the word toe the line on that because even mm-hmm. for me I think oh this is um this is a you know exactly. uh it's, it's a little annoying um so sometimes I don't even watch sometimes I just listen or if it's really bad mm-hmm. I just don't even listen to the artist anymore because I don't have to there's so much music right. including yours yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> definitely still a lot of education that needs to happen mm-hmm. I think yeah all right so going back to kind of your start in in k-pop or just in music in general you did start in a girl group so how was that experience working on a team and what are the biggest differences now that you're as you're a solo artist so working on a team it was just it was so much fun especially being younger um you know you always had someone to support you we're we were just you know we're best friends um so that was just it was great but now I find it I'd say it's a little bit difficult for me now because I'm really, really indecisive and I have a hard time wanting to put out things and, you know, being confident about it. But when I was in a group, it was kind of like, I always had that support. Someone saying like, no, we we did good. Like, no, this sounds great. Um, But also in a girl group, it was a little difficult because we have these different ideas. We would clash sometimes on what we wanted to do. It wasn't always, you know, easygoing. Um, But now, you know, I do exactly what it is I want to do. Any kind of sound I want to try, I try it. Any kind of look I want to try, I try it, which is great. But I will say I do kind of miss the feeling of having like some people to support me at the Mm -hmm. same time. You know, I wanted to be in a girl group so badly because I was like, I'll go be in a girl. You know, it was really nice to see a, a friend of mine actually um, introduced me to you all. And I remember watching you all do your your dance covers. And I think the first one I remember seeing the dance cover was uh, All I Do Is Think Of You when you guys are 2 p.m. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's gone now. It's gone now. Y'all thought you could have it. But it's okay. I, I remember. <laughs> well, it's on private because looking back at them old videos, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> we put this out. Felt that. I'm cackling. I have myself on mute. I'm cackling. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, even even with Turn the Music Up, y'all hit that. You know, I had to, yeah. I had to scour the internet to find it again. Um, I have that one on private as well. Por qué? What's no, up? I wasn't really happy with um, how it came out, with how the song came out in Korean and everything. I wasn't really confident about it. So, you know, I kind of just, I tucked it and buried it and pretended like it never happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Korean, you know, you've been singing in Korean for years and your spouse is also Korean as well. Do you, are you are you fluent in Korean or are you just able to articulate yourself well? 
I feel like I'm able to have like conversation in mm-hmm. Korean, but I wouldn't say that I'm just like amazing or, you know, the best in Korean. I do need to continue to study a lot more. Um, but I have been getting better and better, especially with um, being married to my husband. He's he's really helped me a lot. His parents are really helping me. I'm learning satori um, a little bit more because they're from Tegu. So I have to. So like, you know, when they're speaking, sometimes all this textbook stuff I learned, they're not saying the same thing. So I'm like, wait, hold on. Um, you got to run that back. But I feel like I am getting better and better, um, way better than I was before. That's awesome. Um, and back to your accomplishments. Uh, what are some of your proudest moments in the group and even as a soloist? Um, I'd say in the group, it was definitely when we released our first and last um, Korean. Oh, wait, no, I forgot. Turn the Music Up was a song. But definitely when we released Ote and it kind of blew up, that was when I was like, oh, my God, like, this really, this is really what we were supposed to do. But then, you know, we broke up right after. Um and I'd say for myself, um, well, last year, the song I worked on in Korea, it got released um, through One the K. And after that, I was just like, okay, I think I've accomplished everything that even Coco Avenue wanted to accomplish. So it was, it was a big deal for me. It was, I, I cried. <laughs> so it was, it was, I was really happy about that. That was probably my biggest accomplishment. That is so sweet. So, so sweet. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And speaking of your mm, Coco Avenue's last first last major single, mm, I'm, listen, I'm I'm salty. <laughs> <laughs> a little salty. So I be a little salty too sometimes. <laughs> listen, I loved you two together, but I also enjoyed what you have done as a solo artist and even with your collective Nuna. Um, so your most recent release is the acoustic version of Up There. So tell us about the track from the first inception of it up until it's now the newer interpretation. Mm. Okay, so it's a long story. Um, y'all got time? Uh, okay, so when I first wrote it, I, I found this beat online somewhere and I was like, yeah, this is really, this is really dope beat. I'm going to write something in Korean to it. So like, I actually, it was my first song that I actually wrote in Korean um, from start to finish. And um, then I brought it to Jenna. Jenna liked it. Um, And I think like a week or two later, I met my husband (laughs) and he's a producer. So I I brought the song to him and I was like, hey, can you reproduce this track? Because um, the track I found on the internet was just not usable anymore. Um, Someone had bought it already. So he reproduced it and then um, I recorded it with him. He helped me to like fine tune some of the things so it didn't sound um, textbook too much. So it sounded a little bit more poetic. And then um, from there, Jenna came and she recorded her part and it was released. And we broke up maybe like two months after that. And I was kind of sad because I'm like, we didn't really get to push this song the way that I really wanted to push it. So um, I had another person who came to me for for Nuna Gang when she wanted to start the, uh, the group. And she really liked Ote. And she was like, why don't we just do like a, a collab on it? So she ended up doing a verse on it as well. And we started promoting that a little bit with Nuna, but we never released it officially. But it is signed over to a publisher. So it might get dropped um, on a movie or something. But I wanted to release that version. And we kind of had a falling out. So she decided she didn't want me to release that version with her she said we don't sing together anymore so it doesn't make sense 
Um, so I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. Um, but my husband was like, I'll help you um, recreate it. We'll redo something. So um, he helped me out a little bit. I ended up getting a guitarist to uh, be on it. And then I was like, let me just release it as my own, just, just to kind of release that energy. And then, you know, now I can go ahead and start new things. But I, I just, I felt like this song was just so important to me that I just, I wanted to release it as my own, as something that I could promote. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And kind of just give it like, this is Jenny Lyric. This is me. This is, yeah. it started off this way and I want it to continue. You know, I think mm-hmm. it deserves that. So respect Thank to you. you. Definitely, you. definitely. Um, So with this new production, is there anything that you would like for the, the audience to notice in the production or maybe something a little bit different you did vocally? Is there something you want us to really hone in on? Well, I feel like I, I was able to add a little bit more soul to this one. Um, I changed the key a little bit. I was able to just kind of put all of my emotion into singing this version. Um, and I don't know, I just, I really like this version a lot. So I hope the audience uh, fills me on it. Yeah, that's awesome. We it's do. beautiful. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. beautiful. You recently, not recently, but like maybe a couple months ago, you released View with your husband. Mm-hmm. What was that like working with him and releasing something that was so poignant and meant so much to you? Could you give us a little bit of background? That was difficult. Uh- <laughs> Because, you know, like just working with um, a significant other can be really difficult because we we clashed a lot. There were things um, that I wanted to add into the song that he didn't want to add into it. Um, but um, can I can I tell you from the start, like how it started out? Yeah. OK, so um, I actually wrote the song um, when we got into an argument one day and he left and it was his, his production. Um I just spent the whole day and just sang the song. And then one day I came home and he was singing it. And I was like, wait, what are you doing? This, this is my song. What do you mean? And, um, but he sounded really, really amazing. I had never heard him sing before. He had never sang anything to me. So I was shook. Um, and then I decided to just uh, keep me, keep myself on the second verse. And um, that's kind of how it came to be. The music video was really difficult because he did not want to do any kind of music video or any kind of promotion. He just wanted to um, put it out for placements, but I I really pushed him. I was like, no, we have to do this. So like I dyed his hair the day before Um, we got a director. We went to like um, the middle of nowhere, some kind of desert area and just, you know, filmed it. He was really nervous the whole time. So um, I had to kind of hype him up the whole time, but I think it came out pretty well. It came out as um, as my vision. Agreed. It was nice. I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of love to that as well. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Awesome. So now that this is out, what's your next move? What's the next sound? What are you working on? Well, I'm actually working on like releasing an EP. I have a bunch of songs recorded. Um, some of my management were just working on trying to pick which songs are going to be best. We're actually kind of clashing. She, she really wants me to release an EP but I kind of want to do it in singles um, just for promotional purposes. But the sound is very R&B. I have a a couple Korean tracks that I'll uh, be releasing on it and a couple of tracks in English as well. Ooh, that's awesome. Very exciting. Yes, indeed. Speaking of sounds and whatnot, uh, I was curious to know that as a a songwriter, as a vocalist, uh, what are some things that you find to be effortless for you like oh yeah I can write a good melody or I can write uh, a good top line or I can write an awesome hook and what are some difficulties you have as an artist Hmm. okay so I 
think as far as writing, I'm really good at um, a good top line, like writing top lines really quickly. Um, and also with a lot, with a lot of um, vocal production, I'm, I'm really good at that. But sometimes my hooks is not so easy. <laughs> sometimes I got to come back to it a couple days or uh, months later to try to, you know, fix it up. Um, but as far as like verses, lyrics, I think I'm really, really good at that. But Same. <laughs> <laughs> the hook is always the hardest part yeah yeah there's so many elements you have to think of you know mm -hmm. like um uh would you consider your writing style to be more western or a little bit more influenced by k-pop because i can say like you know k-pop wise my dynamic structure kind of depends on like just that creating different kind of uh levels and different kind of uh right. layers of things so it it makes my writing process a little bit confusing for some people i feel you because you, you know, know? k-pop has so many different parts of the song it literally sounds like different songs every time but I feel like you nailed that like you were so dope girl so it's dope. about me it's about me. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> but um I'd say my style is a lot more western um because my influences are um, stem from people you know from childhood like Lauren Hill type of um type of vibes so I'd say my my style is definitely more western awesome awesome nice. Still very cool. Are there going to be any more dancing videos? Any more dancing anything from you? I don't know. Um, I I really want to dance again. Like it's been so so long. Um, but I don't know. Maybe if I if I release a nice little pop song, have some little dance. You know, yes. back it up a little bit. Back it up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you though. After the pandemic, I totally stopped dancing. It's mm -hmm. I yeah, it's very hard to get back into. So right. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm all out of shape. I can't even keep up no more. <laughs> <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so it's been great seeing kind of people from all different backgrounds now embrace K-pop. And now there are a few other black singers, performers, and artists that are in K-pop. So are there any that you'd like to collaborate with? Rakia. Like She's so dope. When I saw her, like, when I saw what she came out with, I was just so proud because um, this was, like, what Coco Avenue wanted to see. Like, this, we wanted to inspire people to, you know, get into K-pop and, you know, embrace it. So seeing Rakia and how she's flourishing and how dope she is, even her, you know, non-K-pop songs, I really would love to sit down and write with her. Yeah, she's, um, I was, I was in the video for. Um... Yes, girl. I saw you killing it <laughs> as always. You're too nice to me. Uh, fun, fun fact to the listeners and the viewers: she, when I first started making music, uh, uh, Jenny had heard the bridge of "I Like You," and she was so supportive. That's still you, my favorite song, girl. Thank you. Oh my god, thank you. I love that song so much. Oh, oh thank you. I had a sexy single, and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I messaged you, and she, y'all, Jenny was at work. And she was like, listen, I'm gonna listen to it real quick. I'm gonna watch the video. I'm at work right now, but just give me a second. She gave me all the notes. She was like, you're very, very kind. Like, I know we're not like getting into like a whole like expose, true Hollywood story of your life. <laughs> but I want people to know that too. Like you are definitely someone that even though you don't put your personal life out there, once you get to know, uh, once we get to know you, it's like, wow, she's a great person. Um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. But yes, no, I think you and Rakai would be great because she does she does fall more into R&B, right? But a lot mm -hmm. of people go, oh yeah, K-pop. And she's like, no, I just sing Korean right 
So I think that would be actually, that would make more sense than like, you know, you guys that are all of a sudden doing like, we're going to do a dance pop EDM track or right, it feels right. a lot more organic for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what other artists or like producers or writers are on your list of dream collaborations? Girl, so Dean has always been a dream of mine to work with, but um, I don't know how much he's releasing these days after, you remember that fall where he fell down the stairs on live stream <laughs> and disappeared? But I, I think he's still, I'm sure he's still working and writing for people, but that would be just the dream collaboration for me, working with Dean or someone like Jordan. Um, that would just be amazing. So I think for like at least five or six years, that's been, been my one dream. Nice. Well, let's put it out in the universe. So. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. yes. Universe, hear me. <laughs> <laughs> he fell down the stairs and never came back up. Um, never came back <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on CCTV. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to your fans? Um, go stream Ate, the acoustic version. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me, though. This is so great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. And um, honestly, put more music out. Missy. Yes. Ooh. Uh, yes. Says me, says me, yes. says yes. me. But it's coming. <laughs> okay, <good>. it's coming. <laughs> and how can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jenny the Lyric. Um, you can find me on anywhere, any streaming platforms, Jenny Lyric. Um, and on TikTok, Henny the Lyric with an H. Yes. You know, like Hennessy, because you know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, Jenny thinks possible. Let's get it. <laughs> That being said, everyone, go check out Ote. Go check out Jenny Lyric and give her lots of love. Of course, hit us up on all of our social media accounts at CCTV Pops and give us a like, subscribe to our channel, and hit that notification bell. Until next time, that's Chris. That's Shan. That's Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) And we are CCTV.